Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home in Missoula Sports Center. Montana State notched the first signature win of the Brent Vegan era, while Montana suffered a historic home loss on Saturday. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. Saturday afternoon in Missoula, Sacramento State posted a 28-21 victory over the Grizzlies, marking the first time in 13 all-time games at Washington Grizzly Stadium that the Hornets posted a win. Sac State's dual quarterback system gave the Grizz fits all afternoon, helping the Hornets roll up 462 yards of total offense as Sac State spoiled a game that doubled as the 20th anniversary celebration of Montana's last national championship team. Jared Gibson caught a pair of 24-yard touchdowns in the third quarter. That proved to be the difference on the scoreboard. The Sac State defense gave up 272 yards of total offense, including just 84 on the ground, while piling up four sacks and forcing two turnovers to move to 11-1 against Big Sky Conference teams under head coach Troy Taylor as Sac moved to 3-0 in league play. Montana is 1-2 with trips to rival Idaho on the horizon. Montana State went on the road and posted a gritty 13-7 win over Weaver State in Ogden on Friday night. The Bobcats posted five sacks, including four by Daniel Hardy and MSU forced two fumbles while holding the Wildcats to just four second-half first downs on the way to MSU's sixth straight victory. The Bobcats are now 4-0 in league play, 6-1 overall, while Weber, the four-time defending Big Sky champions, are 1-2 in league, 2-4 overall. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Hey, what's up? Happy Mondays. No people talk about having a case of the Mondays, but we don't believe in that stuff around here. We bring the heat every Monday. This is our favorite day of the week because we get to recap all the football from all different levels uh, from around the state of Montana, around the Western region, and around the United States of America. It is Nuanas Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports here on ESPN Radio. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're broadcasting to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. It's Trucktober. You can get financing as low as 1.99% APR at Northwest Motorsport. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Head on over to NWMS Rocks. That's NWMSRocks.com to check out over 1,600 trucks that they have available in the Northwest. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? It was the Montana Football Hour. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joined me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. Recap Montana's 28-21 loss to Sacramento State, as well as Montana State's 13-7 road victory at Weber State. Also, took you around the Big Sky Conference. You can find all that 
on the podcast, Nuana's Now Podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe. As we do each and every Monday, it's time now for the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningweg in studio with me, Coach. How you living? How's your weekend? What's going on? Coulter, let's eat. It was a heck of a weekend. We had a double bye with my boys, so my wife and I watched a lot of football on Saturday. Got out to play a quick nine. What a beautiful day to play some golf. Oh, my gosh, what a great weekend. In fact, today is beautiful in the sun. Yeah. It seems to me right. in the shade a little chilly, but it seems to be about 70. What a great excitement this weekend, though, Coulter. The NFL was certainly packed with excitement. Before we get to that, though, i got to get to just your broad thoughts on the Grizz. The 28-21 loss to Sac State. I thought that was a couple different things, and I want to actually ask you a follow-up after this, but what did you think of just the result on Saturday for Montana? Well, first of all, go Grizz. All right, now listen, I think a lot of fans probably think that they feel it more than the players or coaches. And that's what Good they point. do. Right? All right, so here's what we do. We get it corrected. Well, first of all, the young men have to admit well, their mistakes, and then, and then you find the solutions, get it corrected, and you move on fast. There's another game coming up. Bobby, I'm sure, has picked out two or three things on offense, defense, and special teams that they can get corrected really quick with a little hard work and preparation. So I would expect to see just a little bit different team from now down the stretch. It looked like they were a little bit different team this week, didn't it? It did. Really a little bit uh, conservative yep. on offense. The yep. defense, which I have been impressed with up till this last ball game, I thought they were missing the pressure on the quarterback. So you go, okay, why? Why was that missing? I was impressed with Sac State's offensive scheme yep. and offensive play. I think they kept us off balance just enough to have some really, really good success on offense. When you see teams playing a little bit, a little bit or a lot more hesitant than you're used to them playing, a lot of that is scheme, right? I mean, to me, Bobby Houck said in the postgame press conference, he said, when we were on defense, this came down to the fact that we prepared for the two-quarterback system, but we didn't realize they were going to run nearly as much two-back stuff. I think the two-back stuff is what Monta made Montana back off all their pressures and things like that. So sometimes when you're playing hesitant, it's just a little bit of, of maybe a schematic difference that you didn't expect. And the experienced players, that, that experience tends to pay off in games like that when you're seeing a host of things that you did not prepare for the week of the of the game. They may have seen it one year ago. Sure. Two years right. ago, and they can adjust much easier. Well, that's the other thing, too, is that the, the this giant gap makes... There's not very many trends you can decipher, right? I mean, looking at a team from two years ago is totally different than it is now, too. And I know there's a couple of games into this season now, but regardless, I'm not trying to, to explain it away for the Grizz. Sac State deserves a lot of credit for coming in here, getting their first win ever at Washington Grizz. Uh, but the other question I had for you, Coach, is I know you had Chris Brown, the, the Montana quarterback, at your camp. You do have a great camp every year, the Marty uh, Morningway quarterback camp here in Missoula. And Chris Brown from Bozeman came uh, but not really necessarily analysis of him. This is my analysis of what's going on with the Montana pass game. The kid is really struggling with pocket awareness. A lot of times he'll have a formed pocket and he'll still break out. I don't know if that's because he's a little gun shy or you know, he has gotten hit pretty bad a couple times and fumbled. But to me, I think that if he could just find pocket awareness, he could settle in. He's holding on to the ball too long. He's rolling out when he shouldn't be. There was a couple times where the pocket was set, and he he breaks it, and then all of a sudden the DN is just chasing him. So I, I just I guess my question for it is, what sort of challenge is that for a young guy to learn that element of a of the game, and can it be learned within the season? Absolutely. First of all, Chris Brown, impressive young man. And a talented young quarterback, and I stress young. I'll tell you what, a first start, second start, that first year of a quarterback's sort of experiences, uh, you're going to have some ups and downs. Now, you're talking some specific things. I thought there was a couple times he could have pushed in the pocket. Some of that's natural instincts. Much of it's training. Some of it's experience. He'll just keep getting better and better and better. Now, I do think there's a time where you have to turn a young quarterback exactly. loose. 
You know, the other thing on defense, Coulter, that just popped my mind, they threw so many back shoulder fades that I'm not sure Montana has seen before this. They were very, very good at that, and those are chunks of yards. Uh, so I was impressed with Sac State just a little bit. Now, here's what Montana does right here, okay? Identify the solutions one game at a time, win out, and nobody even remembers this game. You're in the playoffs. You're rocking and rolling. The Montana Grizz versus the Cats game are going for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. The tickets I'm talking about, Coulter. And it's going to be Do fascinating. you have any tickets? Oh, man. <laughs> you're, if, you were, if you were not alone and asking me that, that's like the number one question I get. Yeah, you got some Cat Grizz tickets for me? <laughs> Marty Martin away in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Longtime NFL coach. And himself, a former Grizz quarterback. Uh, we're, I don't want to beat this horse to death, so we'll move on from the Grizz because we're going to talk plenty about them and the Bobcats throughout the rest of this week. But, Coach, uh, first of all, the Monday afternoon quarterback brought to us in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has 75 RV and boat brands to choose from. That's the largest inventory under the big sky. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Uh, Coach, let's start with some NFL stuff. First and foremost, I want to ask you just about the arc of a season. We are now six games in, so that's about the one-third mark in this 17-game season. There's some teams that are out to great starts, some teams that are out to not-so-good starts, and a whole bunch of teams that are sort of just sitting there. Last night, the Steelers win on a game-winning field goal. They go to 3-3. Three and three. Uh, That pushes Seattle to 2-4. and four. But at what point do you start to analyze where you're at with your schedule when you're on an NFL team? Like, hey, it's we're 3-3. Three and three. We, we, you know, there's no more room for error. We're two and four, we got to start winning. Uh, at what point do you start to just analyze the numbers and what you got left ahead of you? Yeah, a couple things come to mind, Coulter, on that. First of all, nobody's out of this thing yet because it's a marathon yeah. season. There's about, like you said, uh, oh, six, seven teams with one loss, and there's one with no loss. And then there, there's six or seven teams with, with, uh, Two or less wins, it, it seems like. And then everybody else is in the middle. Uh, it's a whole different mentality in the NFL. Every game is important. Everything we do is important. Yeah. However, that top of the league, typically I would expect one team to fold down the stretch. Right. And that's normally due to just a crazy amount of injuries and right. they don't have enough depth. And one of those teams that has one or two wins will get on a streak. Yep. And that's my point. This is a streak game in the NFL. So you will hear players say, you know, a, a team's two and four. It's all we need to do is get on a five, eight-game winning streak. And I've been on 11-game winning streak, eight-game winning right. streak, uh, six-game winning streak. You know, that's what you need to do in the NFL just to give your team a little breathing room. There'll be a team that wins five out of six or six out of seven down the stretch to get into the playoffs. So much of our collective uh, consciousness as a, as a country in consuming football stems from first because of the most emotional attachment I think you can get. Although I know, I know fans in places like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh would argue otherwise, but collegiate fan bases are the most rabid of the fan bases. Cause if you went to a school, you really can't say we, when you're talking about Alabama or Montana, or whatever, you were a part of that. Your degree says that, whatever. But I think that sometimes we get skewed over this notion that in football you have to go undefeated. In fact, in football, especially at the NFL and then the FCS level where the Grizz are at, how you respond to your first loss or your latest loss is actually the pivot point for your entire season, right? Yeah, especially if when when you're in a sport that has a playoff situation in it, that would be the mantra. I mean, there's several things that you need to do to win Super Bowls. Number one is dominate your division. The second thing is if you can't win your division, get into the playoffs. And we should call them chips. There's another chip, another win. Get ourselves into the playoffs because anybody that's in the playoffs has a chance to win. Really the only teams that when they lose one or maybe two games is that top echelon of the college football uh, 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 teams that if they can't get into that small playoff type of situation, 
uh, all their dreams and, and are, are are done. But the Grizz are right there now. Uh, one game at a time. They're a very good football team. Yeah. Get better every day, and good things tend to happen. It's the same thing with teams that know they have good talent. Like the Browns right now coming into this year, right? They knew that they were going to be good. They're coming off a playoff berth. They fortified the roster even more. And they've had a couple crazy losses in a row, and they're 3-3 three and three right now. But you just got to believe in the team you got, right? The Chiefs are the same way, right? Chiefs are sitting there 3-3. Three and three. It's not panic time for the Chiefs. Even though they're 3-3, three and three, that's more losses they've had the last couple of years. They're still one of the contenders in the AFC, no question. Oh, absolutely. Let me tell you, I, the philosophy that I grew up with in the NFL, the Mike Holmgren, Bill Walsh, now Andy Reid, we've started slow in many cases because our whole process was built to play our very best down the stretch right. and into the playoffs. So there was a couple times we started 0-2. My first coordinating job coming from Green Bay to San Francisco, I had the great Steve Young, the great Jerry Rice, heck of a defense. We got smashed in game one and then went on an 11-game win streak and uh, ended up having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So. It's a street game in the NFL. Get on a three, four, five, eight-game win streak, and then you give yourself a little cushion down the stretch, and you're able to play your best football because that's when you need to. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Morningweg, in studio with me, longtime NFL coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback guru, and a former University of Montana quarterback as well. Monday afternoon quarterback presented in part by Alpine Touch. You want to win some Alpine Touch? Well, you got two ways to do it. One, right now, call us, 888-1029. That's 888-1029, caller number three. Got a Grand Slam pack from Alpine Touch. All you got to do is give Andrew your information, and uh, our good friends at, over at Alpine Touch will send it right to your doorstep. You want all the Alpine Touch you could possibly handle? You want to enter our fall giveaway? How do you do it? Subscribe to our podcast, Nuana's Now Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then go follow ESPN Missoula, Alpine Touch and Haymaker Beef on Instagram and Facebook. It's easy easy as that. And then once you do that, 888-1029, text us and tell us you've been entered. That's going to get you eligible to win a Traeger smoker, a year supply Alpine Touch, and a beef box from Haymaker Beef. That's our awesome fall giveaway. We also have a grill, an otter box, and a cooler from Twisted Tea. So follow us on Facebook and Instagram, as well as subscribe to the Nuanas Now podcast and YouTube channel. Get you all entered. But if you want Alpine Touch right now, 888-1029. Got a Grand Slam pack for you. Give us a call here at Nuanas Now. Coach, last night, I was really racking my brain thinking about and analyzing Ben Roethlisberger against a lot of the other quarterbacks in the league. On one hand, Pittsburgh's going to have a hell of a time moving on from this guy because of all he's won, his consistency, his competitiveness, his familiarity with the coaching staff, the fan base, the ownership group, everything. But when you watch him, man, he's just not what he was. And it doesn't, it's not a fault of his. He's just been in the league for most of my life. So uh, how hard is it, though, when you have a guy like that that's an iconic guy for franchises to move on from him? Very, very difficult, especially at the quarterback position. Because even when they have a bunch of age to them, they can still win you games, and they sure. still win you big games just because of their experience. That experience pays off. The quarterback and center position, very difficult to move on. That center oh, is, man. Is, is, is like the quarterback of that offensive line, and that's where it all starts. So those two spots to move on from a high-level player with great experience is always very difficult. I've been around some of the great quarterbacks, but also some of the great centers ever to play the game. I'm glad you let down this road. Who, who are some of the best centers you coach? I'm oh, a former man. center. I, so I actually, I think that some people think this is boring. I think it's fascinating. I'm an offensive line guy. That's how I watch football is on the lines. And I think that center is the most underrated position on the field, not, not close. I think some of the issues that not just Montana, but a lot of the issues that a lot of teams that are struggling offensively have stem from the center position. Well, things happen fast. Right. They're big men. 
that have great quickness and strength, and it happens fast, and it happens fast on the pre-snap. Centers are making calls and directing the offensive line, and in some cases the tight ends and backs, and they have to get everybody on the same page because, like I said, that's where it starts. I just I started with Frank Winters in Green Bay, Jesse Sapolo. You know, I just got done with Kelsey there. And, and, Jason I Kelsey, mean, and everybody favorites. in between. I mean, some great, great center. So difficult to bring a young man in who may have only no starts or a few starts and think that you're going to be as good offensively with that center. Now, you may be as good six weeks from now. Sure. But he needs typically some experience in league games to rock and roll. Getting back to your quarterback, this man has won so many games. You're talking about Big Ben, and he can still win games. Very, very difficult. That's like Aaron Rodgers, the the offseason drama. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You're gonna get. You're gonna allow Aaron Rodgers (laughs) to leave. Uh Uh-uh. That's what I was saying when people were saying he was getting himself traded. I was like. What? He won the MVP last year. You don't trade the NFL MVP. That's not in the cards. That's not an option. Right. And then you and I have talked about the philosophy of moving on from a player right. a year too early sure. rather than a year too late. That does happen. It happens with some of the very best. Joe Montana, Brad Favre. And sometimes it's... I mean, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Sometimes it's more than... Philip Rivers. Two, yeah, you, you, uh, all The only ones I can think of is Elway and Aikman. Well, the only two to retire with their team, Steve Young, uh, Steve Young, who yeah. I coach. He, but even he, Brett Favre, I mean, I, I, it made me very happy because I loved me some Brett Favre all the time growing up. And then when he was wearing purple, that was great. But I think it almost gave a bunch of Packers fans a stroke. So you know, it, it, it does. I mean, people forget Johnny Unitas once upon a time played for the what the Rams, right after his career, San Diego, San Diego, the yes. Chargers. That's right when San Diego had first started yes. up. So uh, oftentimes you don't. You don't end your career with who you started with. A great Johnny United story. I met him here in Missoula. He was on the uh, the, the beer. Uh, uh, remember the, all those commercials? Yeah. Some some listeners were probably too young for those sure. uh, commercials. And then, and then uh, my dad, we were in Houston. He took me to the Astrodome because he wanted me to see the great Johnny Unitas before he retired. It was a preseason mm. game. He goes, let's go. I'm like eight years old. Let's go see the great Johnny Unitas before he's done. And so that that Johnny Unitas, when you say that, uh, it it juices me up. Let's eat. I <laughs> gotta love it. Marty Bartaway joining me, Coulter Nuanas. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback here on Nuanas. Now we we'll do this for the five o'clock hour on Mondays, presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Need a place to store your RV for the winter, or maybe you just want to, you know. Put it away. Don't let it freeze up. Take it over to Brett's RV and Marine. They can get it serviced for you before you store it, or maybe they'll just buy it from you. They're buying all sorts of used inventory right now. So rather than store, sell. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. That's all to say, even though we are sitting here talking about Ben Roethlisberger regressing, he did lead Pittsburgh to a win last night. And, uh, on the other side, Seattle, without their franchise guy, is searching for answers. So in your mind, you've gotten quarterbacks across the board ready in a lot of different fashions. When you got one of the best guys in the league and then he's out, how tough is that for NFL teams? Well, it certainly puts some hours into your job. You're there right. until uh, you know, 1 or 2 a.m. typically. Geno Smith. You probably don't know this, but I coached him as a rookie. In New York, right? I With the Jets. I went to New York yeah. to try to straighten Mark Sanchez out. Right. By the time we have our first regular season game, he's he's had, doing a shoulder surgery and knee surgery. That's got to be the end for him because he kind of just fell apart. Yeah. And so so Gino started all 16 games for us, and we go 8-8. Eight and eight. We knocked off some really good teams. We knocked the team out of the playoffs down the stretch. We were one game out of the playoffs. And I really thought, and, and tried to keep him out of the mess, you know, and use, you know, play directly to a strength, keep him out of the mess. We had a decent defense, not a very good football team, though. We ended up going 8-8. Eight and eight. I thought Geno's best years for him were going to be year four or five and then beyond. Well, he got his second opportunity and got an ACL, and then he's been a, 
back up ever since. I would expect Gino to play better than he did last night. It's also worth noting that we're sitting here and making it quarterback heavy because that is the premier position in professional sports, to be quite honest. And it's definitely uh, fun to analyze. But make no mistake, the Steelers won last night, and they're winning football games, period, because of their defense. The Steelers are nasty on defense. T.J. Watt is an unbelievable player. I mean, he played out of his mind last night. I couldn't believe how good he was. One of the great players ever to play. He he, reminds, he really is. He and his brother. Has there ever been a brother combination like that that where they're both like all time guys? Well, there's the been, Matthews. Yep, the Matthews would be the ones yeah. that would come to mind on the uh, offensive side of the yeah. ball. So it's it's not as dynamic, sure, as the Watt brothers. But uh, yeah, Pittsburgh defense is still very very good. Schematically, they've calmed down just a little bit. You remember it used to be a blitz fest. Oh, yeah. And they'd bring four from a side, and they would disguise it really well, and they had a great, strong safety who covered a lot of things up. Now they're playing basic defense for much of the game and playing it very, very well, and almost a bend but don't break, and they expect some of their great players to make a great play occasionally throughout the game. And there's so many headlines that are garnered by all sorts of different players, but to me, one of the most off, uh, one of the most underrated offseason signings was Joe Schobert, who plays inside linebacker for him. I mean, he he runs so well. He makes your ver- defense so versatile. I mean, he was the leading tackler in the NFL multiple times in a row for the Cleveland Browns. Most people are like, who's Joe Schobert? Well, he led the NFL attack. Like, he's an amazing player. And I also think that their safeties, I mean, Micah Fitzpatrick is everything they wanted him to be since they made that draft day trade with Miami. And I, I just think that their personnel upgrades, plus Devin Bush coming back from injury. I mean, they, the, Pittsburgh has refortified what has always been so solid in Pittsburgh, and which went away, quite frankly, the last couple of years in their defense. Yeah, I think it's what they're missing is just a little bit. And I think they're trying. They're trying to get it back a little bit of the run game. Uh, to help Big Ben yeah, just a little yeah. bit. And then that defense, I was not as impressed early right. as I am now. Well, uh, you've got some younger players. You've got some free agents coming, and and they're sort of putting that thing together just a little bit. Now, I will tell you, Seattle, sort of like the Grizz, yeah. were a little bit conservative, I thought. Totally. You know, now my personality is, hey, let's turn it loose and just keep them out of the mess. Uh, but but and, and, and the Grizz and Seattle were probably a little bit conservative for some really good reasons. Totally. Right? But I would suspect that both teams will turn their quarterback loose just a touch more, and that may equal a couple more touchdowns a game. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Monday morning away, Jordan Me, Coulter Nuanez in studio. Uh, Coach, perhaps the biggest beatdown of the day yesterday came with the Baltimore Ravens uh, just rolling it up. And it seems like the Ravens, you know, they might stub their toe every once in a while within the scope of a season. But the style that they play seems like it's way less catering to bad matchups. It seems, I guess what I'm saying is it seems like the Ravens don't really have a bad matchup because they kind of just do what they do. Uh, so how hard is that? Or I guess how much does that cater to what they or the success that they've had in Baltimore? Well, with the Ravens' defense... I would suspect there's only six or eight quarterbacks and staffs that that are together uh, that can play really well against Baltimore's defense, just specifically scheme and talent. You have to have played them once or twice and taken some lumps to really get after them. I thought the Raiders did a heck of a job uh, because they do some things that other teams do not do on defense, and you may see it once a year from the Baltimore Ravens. And then on offense, they have a hell of a run game, and Lamar, I think, has made the last step. He's throwing the football very accurately uh, this year, more than he ever has. He's always thrown a lot of touchdowns because of the run game. People get wide open. For sure. But he's made another big step in, in his quarterback, the ability to play quarterback at a high level. The only time the Ravens get into trouble is if they fall behind by a couple of scores early in the fourth quarter. Now Lamar's taking that last step. I see them winning a game or two that they normally would have lost 
when they come up uh, against a team like that. Since we are at the sort of one-third point of the season, let's talk a little bit about some of the teams that have been big surprises or not, uh, or maybe maybe have not lived up to expectations. I think that almost everybody that talks about and analyzes the NFL would agree, perhaps the biggest surprise is the only team in the NFL that is undefeated. That's the Arizona Cardinals. For whatever reason, there's still some skepticism out there. They're doing it different than everybody else, so I think that people around the league are having a hard time figuring out what's going on. But 6-0 is 6-0. I mean... You'd have to really burn it down to, to not at least have an inside track at the playoffs right now. So Arizona, they, they've been really good and very surprising. They're a, I, see, I don't. You and I talked about that before. Yeah. I'm not as surprised. Right. Now, six totally. and zero, oh, certainly. Yeah. Uh, there, I, I thought they were. I thought they should have won more games last year. I thought totally. they were a heck of a team last year, and they screwed a couple of things up. I thought. They're even better this year. Their defense is very good, and they've got firepower on offense. Six and zero, oh, surprise, yeah, a little bit, but uh, one of the top teams, no. I guess the only reason that makes it surprising is not even necessarily that they've had success. It's just the division that they're in. I guess I didn't expect the division they're in is very good. I didn't expect the Cardinals to be leading the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Niners because I thought all three of those teams were contenders for the conference, let alone their own division. It's amazing how one year. Yep. Changes. Oh man. The perception or or injuries for sure. Off season moves. Right. One more year together in a positive manner. Things change fast in the NFL. No question. I mean, you can never account for what are you going to do if you lose Russell Wilson. I mean, he's a thirty-five million dollar a year player who's one of the what three, four, five best guys in the league. So you know, you lose him. That's just a hit to your. To your prospects, no question. Anybody who else has stood out to you as far as surprises on the good side of things? Cowboys, Cowboys, five yeah. and one after after yesterday. Uh, their offense is unbelievable. Their defense is uh, serviceable, which I think is when they're. I mean, the offense is like it is. I mean, good luck. That I mean, when Dak's playing like this, when Dak Prescott's playing like he's playing, I mean, Ceedee Lamb might be the sneaky best addition that they ever made. Man, that guy is lights out. He is so sweet. Yeah, and I'll tell you, they they looked really bad at some points last year. Yes, they did. And they've really turned it around now. Dak Prescott is a big part of, of that. Their defensive scheme and the way they're playing, they're sort of holding it together. And then their offensive firepower sort of overcomes uh, any negativity on the defensive side. So I think they've done a heck of a job. I thought they'd be more like, 500 right about now. Right. It's it's definitely been impressive. The other couple teams that I had as uh, pleasant surprises so far this year, the Los Angeles Chargers, although they did get drilled by the Ravens because Justin Herbert has just continued to be good. I thought maybe the league would adjust to what they saw during his outstanding rookie year, but he has obviously progressed as well, and him progressing makes him one of the better guys in football. So that's they, been – They th- just did adjust. Right. The Ravens. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and now all of a sudden everybody's going to be watching that film to see what you do. So so Herbert's and that staff's yep. Yep. challenge now is to stay one step ahead of your opponent because Baltimore sort of showed the league how to play defense against that quarterback and that scheme. So now you've got to bounce back just to get, get, get a step ahead of what Baltimore just did to you. And the last pleasant surprise I had was the Las Vegas Raiders. And I know that the, the controversy that surround that franchise over the last week or so has been not good. We're not going to spend any time talking about that here because people come here for the fun and the positivity and the analysis. Uh, it's a bad deal what happened, and I, I think it's uh, – I don't know. I have, I have a lot of thoughts about it, but we're not going to share very many of them here on this radio show. But for the Ra- Raiders to get off to a good start and then have what happened with John Gruden happen and then still go out and win yesterday, that was a huge win for them. And I've been very impressed with the Raiders so far this year. The Raiders are a good football team. And typically when your head coach is gone at some point during the year or an offensive coordinator right. or a defensive coordinator, when they're gone, usually this is what happens. One of two things. You either play over your head yep. for a couple weeks and you come back down to where – you probably were yep. back before yep. that happened. Yep. Or you disintegrate for a couple of weeks and you come back up yep. to about where you were before those change or changes happen. And, and it looks like the Raiders have a little juice going. This is called adversity. Yep. Some teams with really good leaders uh, respond excellent 
towards a little bit of adversity, and this was a lot of adversity, by the way. You remember the old Cowboys back in the day? They go through all kinds of adversity in the offseason and in season. It was like a soap they opera. loved it. Yeah. It, it was like a soap opera. It was like reality TV before reality TV <laughs> was created. <laughs> so maybe the Raiders sort of like a little bit of adversity. Uh, yeah, it could exactly be true. Coach, thanks so much for swinging by. We're going to get to maybe some of the uh, other side of this thing next time, but uh, we appreciate you being here. It's the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Morningweg in studio with me here on Nuanas now. Awesome stuff as always, man. Coulter, I loved it. Let's juice it up next week. We'll be back next Monday with the Monday Afternoon Quarterback. Out of football into hockey, Montana, a enormous rivalry win on the ice. How did it go down? The general manager, Tucker Sargent, will tell us all about it right after this. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. So I'm driving home from Ogden, Utah. Uh, got out of town there about midnight. Got many, many texts from our uh, owner and general manager here at Missoula Broadcasting Company telling me about this unbelievable hockey game that she was just at. And uh, then as it continued into the morning, calls, texts. What's up with Grizz Hockey? Did you hear about the Grizz Hockey game last night? So then I got to the pregame show, our college game day pregame show, and I got filled in all the way, and now I've heard the story no less than 17 times, but I'm not going to let myself tell it. I'm going to let Tucker Sargent, the general manager of Grizz Hockey, set the scene for Friday night. So, Tuck, first of all, welcome in. Thanks for being here. We're pre-recording this on a Monday. We have to tell you now that we're pre-recording everything. It's FCC. So, Tuck's in studio here on Monday morning. And uh, Chris, hockey keeps rolling, man. But this sounds like this was maybe perhaps the most exciting win of this uh, young program and young season. Uh, it was definitely. Well, first off, thank you for having me early and uh, allowing us to pre-record. Uh, but, yeah, this was definitely the most exciting game for this program without a doubt I mean it's a young program but you know I was telling people and I think a lot of people there I mean this may have been the most exciting hockey game that I've been a part of professional amateur college whatever uh just because I mean for so many reasons like like you said it's a young program um so it's a rival Montana State it's it's against a big rival and, you know, Montana State is an established program. They're a very, very good program. Very good program. How long have they had hockey there at Montana State? It's been a while, it's right? Been, I mean, over 20 years. I was going to say, because when I was at the newspaper, this was circa 2010 to 2012, uh, I was covering them then. So they've, they've been around for a while. They've been around for a while. And really in the last five to seven years, they've taken their program up to another level where they've been to nationals a number of times. They've won the regionals. I mean, this is an established, nationally ranked program uh, full of very good players bringing kids from all over the country out to come play for them they had 75 kids try out for the the program wow um so i mean no no shortage of skill and depth there and you know this is but this is where we want to be this is this is our goal i mean the grizz should be at the same level of montana state in a couple of years but year one you know we were recruiting kids here basically selling them on a dream that we're going to have a program that it's going to be competitive, that it's going to have an awesome fan base, but really we had nothing to prove it. And in the first game we had the, the fan base came out and proved that. And now, you know, our second home game against Montana state, you're getting all their top dogs. And they came in. I saw them before the game, very confident, very arrogant with how they were going to 
beat Montana. And that wasn't really undue either. I mean, they, they are, if you look at them, you know, we're a team of largely freshmen, sophomores, a couple transfers, but a young, smaller, underdeveloped team. And Montana State, when you look at them compared to us, I mean, it looked like men versus boys generally if you just took mm-hmm. them without their pads and, and set them up. So i got to ask you this. This is sort of a tangent off of this. Sure. But is, is there a certain affluent nature to club sports at Montana State? I guess what I'm asking is Bozeman, the growth of Bozeman and the correlating growth of Montana State University, it seems to me, are attracting a certain type of out-of-state student. Is that true when it comes to hockey? I don't know. I guess I guess I, like if you're from Minneapolis or you're from the East Coast and your parents are going to pay for you to go to school in Bozeman, it's not the tuition cost; it's the everything else cost. So you're likely going to be from. I, I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much about this, but no, I think I, I don't think like, you're wrong. I don't know for a fact that sure, that's sure, true for sure. every kid, but I would say that you know, as a broad general statement, sure. you're you're really not right. far off the rails. Yeah, no, I think that. So the, like, they sort of the elitist uh, image I have in my mind is sort sort of accurate. Yeah, again, I don't know, sure, but that's sure. sort of the image I have in my mind. As <laughs> right. well. So again, shame, I, on, shame on us for digressing into stereotypes. But anyways, yeah, you know, I try and stay away from that. But again, I, I do have to say I'm very impressed with the Bozeman program at Montana State. They've done a wonderful job. Dave Weaver, the coach there, has is really. I mean, he came in and changed it from sort of a, a, a program that was just kind of getting by, doing you know, being a middling program, to really elevating it to being an exceptional hockey team and getting good players out there and like I said I mean we're emulating a lot of what they're doing I mean where they are is where we want to be and I think if you look at what Missoula and the support Missoula has for our program it's not going to take long for us to get there I mean the the easiest thing in the world is to bring a kid to Glacier Ice Rink for a hockey game right now and show them the crowds that are showing up I mean we've had two sellout games our our team is going to get much much better very quickly just because kids want to now come and play at Missoula. I mean, we're undefeated at home. We're four and one on the season. You know, it's going a lot better than you really could have ever hoped for for a first year program. I mean, I think if as a first year program in any league, if you could get get out of it at five hundred, you would call that a win. You know, now we're we're far exceeding the expectations and I think a lot of that has to do with the fan base I mean you know coming back to this game the energy of Glacier Ice Rink that you feel from the crowd definitely gets the players going and in this one like I said we were pretty much against an overmatched opponent in the Montana State team you know the the players played their hearts out it was it was pretty close they went down. They got a couple of goals at the end of the uh, third period, where they went down three-one. That you're, you know, one of them was kind of soft. It was a screenshot. The goalie didn't get a chance to see. But you're thinking like, all right, you know what? A couple easy ones we could get that back. But three to one, not bad going into it. Let's see what happens going into the third. Right off the bat, a couple minutes into the third period. MSU scores another goal. The score is four to one. And you're thinking, oh man, these kids fought hard, but you know MSU is trying to is showing their true colors. Like sure. this is this is a higher team, and the the conversation in the locker room before the third period was, look, you can't get frustrated. You've got 20 minutes to change the course of this game, make a play, stay, you know, play for each other, do something right. Hockey's a crazy game. Maybe you get a couple bounces here. And we can get this thing close and then see what happens. So we go down 4-1 and you're thinking, man, this could really go either way, right? MSU could just kind of, you know, put the gas down and run away with it. Or maybe we can get this thing a little bit closer. And fortunately, the latter happened where we're down 4-1. to Eddie Lockridge, uh, freshman out of Missoula, Montana, local kid. Gotta love it. Chips a puck out of the, we were It was on the, the D zone. Chips a puck out, gets a breakaway, goes down and scores. And the place just erupts. Brings it to 4-2. to two. About 45 seconds after that, another goal is scored. It's 4-3. And then all of a sudden, you could just see the players, the energy of the crowd, and everyone is just feeding off of each other. And... The game gets tied 4-4, and you're thinking, no way. Are we are we even going to get close to getting an overtime? And then with about 30 seconds left, maybe a minute, the fifth goal goes in. There were four goals scored in the last 14 minutes of the game, unanswered for the Mon- University of Montana 5-4 to victory. And it was... It's hard to put into words the the energy and excitement that you had internally, but I mean, people were talking to me about this all weekend long. And I really... I mean... 
a lot of the credit goes to the players, but a lot of the credit goes to the fans for making that happen. And as we talked about after the first week, uh, the first opening weekend, hockey is such a momentum-based game, right? So it seems as Hugely if, momentum. Tucker Sarger, by the way, joining us here on Nuana is now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Um, yeah, I mean, so th- it seems as if they harnessed the momentum and sort of rode it, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of what you're hoping for. Unfortunately, you know, we seem to catch lightning in a bottle for the last 14 minutes. And, you know, it, all of a sudden you got that feeling where this train's not stopping. Like, this is going to happen. And it did. And, I mean, I'm still sort of at a loss for words of what happened. It was, it was a David versus Goliath. It was a miracle on ice, 1980 USA versus Russia <laughs> sort of type feeling. Obviously not the same sort of gravitas, but that was kind of the electric feel that you had in the rink that night. How do you harness that momentum then going forward? I mean, does you feel like this could be a spring point for this team since they did sort of, this is sort of an affirming moment in the uh, sort of infancy of Grizz hockey here? Well, totally. I think it showed the boys that they can play at this level and they can play with these guys. You know, now it needs to be a thing where, you know, you're able to do it night after night after night after night. Hockey's a long season. But I think really what you take away from this is that, you know, you play for each other. You can you can play with these guys. That Grizz hockey really belongs. I mean, I think that's the, the feeling that we got from this, that it's not this punky upstart anymore, is that we everything we've been telling the players about building a culture, building a team, was sort of confirmed that night. And, you know, I it, it would be foolish to say that the Grizz are going to go undefeated the rest of the season, but it's not foolish to say that we belong in every game that we're going to play from this point forward. One of the groups that I think is, uh, ha- is going to have one of the coolest experiences here is, uh, and, and it's, there's sort of a parallel, like when University of Montana added softball. There's always been a lot of great softball players in the state of Montana, and there was not very much of a dream for them to go play because there was not a lot of regional schools that had it. It's like if you're not getting recruited by Washington, there's no one really in the Northwest you can go play for. I guess Idaho State has had softball for a while. But like my sister-in-laws, they're always like, well, I wish the Grizz would have had softball when I was coming up. We would have definitely tried to play right. for the Grizz. But I think that's so cool now, though, because there's a lot of kids that have played hockey in Missoula or around Western Montana or the state of Montana that really had no goal to go attain or, or a dream well, to chase. Yeah, These guys are kind of living that and, dream. And the state of Montana has had a number of very good prep players come out, but they've had to go elsewhere. And the city of Missoula in particular has one of the strongest youth programs in the state. I mean, the high school team ones has won multiple state championships. And, you know, then it's sort of after high school, where do you go? And it's sort of hard from Montana to go to these other programs. So really it, it is... It is cool that we have a number of local kids. Uh, another one, our starting goalie that night, Sammy Myland, played out of his mind. Uh, like I said, we met, mentioned Eddie Lockridge earlier. We've got a, a, number, a number of other local Montana kids on the team that were big impact players in this game with our captain, Zach Lawson, or Wyatt Plute, a defender, um, that really had outstanding performances. But now you're getting at the game, you can see the kids. They're buying the jerseys. They're emulating these players. And ideally, we are in the future going to be recruiting and retaining more of the local kids from Missoula and the rest of the state of Montana, because this is now a destination that kids can come and play and stay and go to the university of Montana. Not to mention, I mean, you, you can't fill a roster with just Montana kids to play at this level. There's not enough. And there's, there, there's going to be a certain number of kids that want to go elsewhere. But what we're able to supplement then is a huge number of out-of-state kids that are coming here. And we, since we've launched the program, the number of recruiting forms and, and requests for, you know, coming out for campus visits and looking at the program, wanting to play here, has grown exponentially. So, really, this is an excellent recruiting tool for keeping kids local and playing for the Grizz, but then also bringing those out-of-state kids from hockey hotbeds that want to be out west, that want to be to school at the University of Montana, but one of the requirements for them is to continue to play hockey at a high level. Grizz Hockey back in town this week, home and home, right? So you got a little yeah. home game Friday and then an away game on Saturday. Is that yeah, right? University of Providence this okay. Friday, 7.30 p.m. At, at the Glacier Ice Rink. That one's home. And then Saturday night we'll be heading over to Great Falls to play them on Saturday evening. So if you want to see the action, you want to see the excitement, I would definitely suggest getting to the rink this Friday, 7.30 p.m. Uh, you can get your tickets early. 
uh, by picking him up at Hockey Wolf on Brook Street. And I highly suggest you do that just because the, the line, you can get tickets at the gate, but that line has been, <laughs> been getting longer and longer. Uh, so if you want to get in quick, you want to get in early, get your, get your tickets this week at Hockey Wolf on Brook Street. If you don't get a chance, we will have tickets at the gate. You can get them there. Um, but it's an excellent show. Be there Friday night, 7.30 p.m. At least a couple times a month, maybe as much as once a week, depending on when the Grizz are home and away. We will be featuring hockey segments, specifically focused on Grizz hockey, but also uh, other elements of the hockey world. So keep it tuned. We also have each and every home game right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. So uh, we're your one-stop shop for all things hockey. Tuck, thanks so much for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. Good job. Sounds like an exciting weekend. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I get to hang out with my good friends and talk about sports. And you guys listen, and we appreciate you for doing it. And it's just so much fun. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on a Monday. Thanks to Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, for participating in the Montana Football Hour, giving you reactions and analysis of the college football games in the state of Montana from over the weekend. Thanks to Marty Morningwig for our Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. And thanks to Tucker Sargent from Grizz Hockey. All of today's show, all those great guests, can be found on the podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We'll be back at it tomorrow Treasure State Stars, Tagliari, and a bunch of other stuff. So keep it right here. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.